Welcome to Transformative Talk. Each episode is hosted by a different graduate student in Dr. Haddad's courses at the University of Texas in San Antonio. Join us today as we explore how educators can use critical social theories to transform themselves and their classrooms. Educators can get real and share real-life experiences, near misses, and big little wins. This is Stephanie and Ashley, your hosts for this episode of Transformative Talk. In this episode, we are going to talk about multi, uh, critical multicultural education, which is an all-inclusive education offered to the students. Multicultural education is an anti-racist education, basic education, important for all students, pervasive education for social justice, a process, and it is a critical pedagogy. So what is multicultural education? It is educating diversity to students. This is not only about race, but also identity, gender, and class. Children need to understand that they are all different and have to respect that factor at an early age. So if you like think about your education experience and kind of like one of the funniest, or not really funny, but one thing I find kind of fascinating is like Columbus Day is one of those big debates. Um, it's a considered a white holiday not really about the indigenous people well what do we actually learn in school about like the indigenous people what do we learn about um african tribes about the hispanic culture um about different cultures and just having a respect for them and truly understanding like where others beliefs and values and percept perspectives come from like why somebody thinks the way they do and being able to understand like hey you know we're not all the same color or we may not all see things the same way but i understand and respect where you come from and like your ideas and your beliefs and what surrounds you and that's kind of for me what multicultural education is is just having an understanding for everybody's um, beliefs or identities outside of um, what you normally see as somebody on the outside Exactly, and just like also in multicultural education, just like gender as well. Some um, I I work with kindergartners, and I had uh, some students telling me, "Oh, I'm gonna go unstack chairs because I'm the man and I'm strong." And then I had some girls who got upset. And they're like, "Well, I can do it too." So it's just that type of education saying we can all do it. We, um, yes, I understand that maybe in what you're used to that the man has to do everything, but um because of his culture but now that we are in a school environment and we are learning new things we can be more open into other ideas and we need to allow other people to be doing those things as well mm -hmm. and i think uh may and stellar actually does a phenomenal job of kind of really shaping it with this quote from uh, one of our readings but framing everyone as equal citizens directs attention away from Material inequalities and framing people as individuals first and foremost directs attention away from power relationships among people. So alone by allowing student like individualizing citizen or making everybody equal, it's not showing that, oh, my house windows have bars or, oh, I have a three story house with a Porsche sitting outside. It's actually just equalizing everybody as a person and saying like, there's no difference between north, south, east, west side. Like all the schools have the same materials. Um, all of them have the same options. And then framing people as individuals, first and foremost, um, 
that's kind of giving the student the power to uh, be their own person, to have this individual outlook on life. Like, yes, I may be white, but that doesn't make me better than everybody else. Or I may be um, Hispanic. That doesn't mean I'm going to be the gardener. That means I am going to be somebody and actually allowing them to have that individual mindset and build their um, kind of own persona of themselves. Mm-hmm. And then also for them to understand like uh, diversity and and wherever they go. For example, um, having some examples that I see in critical multicultural education um, is ha- whenever I see teachers with different crayons for whenever they're coloring um, when they're coloring and they're. Uh, Coloring the, the the characters in their in their drawings, and they are all giving them different skin colors because in reality we are all different. We're not we don't have all the same colors. Um, another example of that as well is having diverse puppets. Like I said before, I I work with kindergartners, so we work a lot with puppets. Well, actually, I didn't bring in puppets till till my other class, my language class, when they were saying how. Um, kinder at that at that age they learn better with uh, whenever they're talking to other kids and they practice their language skill with puppets so I brought that in and then it wasn't because of this class where I was like oh my gosh I need to have diverse puppets um and when I was ordering puppets I realized that they weren't diverse there was um one little white girl so so they, they come in pairs of four in Amazon um pairs of four one is a white girl and the other kids they're white as well but they all have brown hair um but they are so like I guess like Mexicans can relate to it because I'm light-skinned but I'm Mexican so like maybe some of my kiddos that are like me but then the other kiddos the other Mexicans that are darker or my African-Americans like they can't relate to those puppets so um I noticed that and I was talking to one of my my co-workers and she was saying how she was going to order some puppets as well of a different color so that is an example of how to um how to put how to work with critical multicultural education into your own classroom um, oh, and then something, somebody that brought up in class, she said um, an example of this is having a word wall in different languages so that they can all feel included. And I thought that was, that was really nice, even though you might not be teaching Spanish, but for, for you to have the two, um, the two words, I think that's awesome. Yeah, especially if it's um, kids that are new to the school or somebody coming um, into the classroom for the first time from a different country, a different language, Mm -hmm. um, being able to see like, hey, we're not closed off and we're not just going to shove English kind of down your throat. It's Mm -hmm. more open, more welcoming, more, hey, yes, we're going to teach you English, but at the same time, we do have a respect that it is not your first language. And I I work at a charter school, so we always have tours. I'm I'm in the middle of teaching, and I have a a group of tour coming in, and they're just observing me and teaching, and so I like having these things on my walls, and um, and I, lo- and I have a big, a big word wall, and the parents love it when they walk in. Like, oh, they have a word wall, because I guess they're not used to it, or they're because I've I've walked into other teachers' classrooms and they don't have it. So then, I, when she was when she mentioned that about having the two languages, I thought that was um, that was a great idea that I can add that, and, and um, parents would also have a, a greater. Um, 
greater, I guess, understanding or... Or, like, grasp of yeah, what's going to be like, taught. like, oh, she's going to be diverse. Because I had a lot of parents who really, really liked that I spoke Spanish and I was bilingual because then they could communicate with me. Um, that's, that's, that's a wall that some parents have. Um, what's another thing? So we'll be right back after a break to find out why teachers struggle with adopt, adapting, adopting, adopting multicultural education. Um, so break. Welcome back to this week's transformative talk. I'm Ashley and Stephanie, and we are your hosts. Um, so in this round, um, we're going to talk about the struggles for teachers uh, adapt. adapt adopting critical multi-culture education and kind of some things that they face and what they go through um, on this. So something that um, I was looking at is that some what teachers struggle with is that they are not aware of their community. They, they know they know the race of their children, but they don't know where they're coming from. So that is something that it falls under the teacher, and they need to be more, they need to make sure that they are communicating with their parents and make, kind of seeing where they're coming from so they can, so we can um, adapt our lessons to that. Something that I've also noticed is that it takes time to incorporate it into the lessons. You have to make lots of research, making sure you're doing things correctly, looking things up, cor- and then also every kid comes from different backgrounds. So you are, basically looking up 20 to 25 depending on how many students um uh, all their backgrounds and trying to incorporate all of that into the lessons um something else i also noticed that teachers struggle with not knowing how to um, incorporate this type of education is they're not open to the inclusive idea um they think like before I mean, they're very they're they're very close-minded, and they they don't want to change things because they've done it the same way for their whole life. Yeah, kind of like the saying, you yeah. can't teach an old dog new tricks. But yet, um, I mean that that's the biggest problem is having teachers become open-minded to these ideas. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean like as a teacher you go um, and go and live in their their world because I mean. We all come from different things, but that doesn't mean um, if you are, let's say, a white lady, you don't wear your pearls and your high heels if you work at a Title I public school because that's not something the students are used to. And as a teacher, um, especially when students get older, they're, they're not going to see a connection. They will see you as a um, hierarchy, but that also doesn't mean now you don't dress nice at all. That just means maybe tone down and don't wear the high heels, dress a little simpler, just um, maybe don't spend an hour doing your makeup tutorials Mm -hmm. or as a guy, like don't try and have the GQ look going into the classroom. Um, Cause you gotta understand like your students' backgrounds, um, especially the type of schools you go into because they are very diverse and they're split up among um, very diverse regions. So even like the dividing lines of school districts. I mean, you get some of 
poverty areas and you get some of the richer areas and so you do have the students coming in different and then different classes and you know what that actually um that happened to me i well this is my first year teaching so last year i was student teaching and i was student teaching at somerset which is usually students with low income and i came to work over here and because I, I live in this area but i because I was so used to the kids that I was student teaching with, I was expecting these kids to be the same way. So when I found out I got the job, I was, I was, I was researching. I was looking at all these things online, preparing for my first year teaching, and then I felt like I once I got my kids, I was like, oh my gosh, I did all that work for nothing because they're completely different. Yeah. That it's not the same. These kids. Um, they come, you, so most of them are, come from a wealthy family. Um, so, I mean, I'm still keeping those, though, everything that I had planned because you never know if I change jobs. But, yeah, um, it's completely different. And then also something that I noticed that teachers struggle with, um, well, not that I noticed, but I, I was looking at, is that um, they're afraid of um, talking about critical multicultural education and then students bringing up a conversation and they don't know how to how to communicate it with their with their kids without being offensive or without them um, just the just the not knowing but when we were watching that TED talk today with Mr. Haddad he was talking about uh, that that teacher was talking about um that teachers need to own it um, even if, even if we don't know it we don't know the right information we tell them you know what we don't know let's just all research it all together I thought that was that was really nice yeah and I mean I think it's also something that the not only the teachers struggle with themselves individually but you gotta think like walking into a classroom you have black brown pink purple blue every color every ethnic background of students there um yes they may look white black Asian but they could be raised a total different way with total different um uh, kind of cultures and so um, it's more of also analyzing your students and trying to break barriers between them of oh well I'm the jock I'm the white kid and oh I'm going to sit in the back and sleep like no it's it's not about that you got to keep them all engaged and appeal to them but um, also break the mold that they have of each other and try and granted some of it does come from home but as the teacher, you have to set the example and really push to um, kind of get rid of this color blindness that they have. So the facilitators, Emily and Erin, talked more into depth about the limits of liberal multiculturalism, which is what we will let you guys listen to right now. is um, on 
Thank you so much, Aaron and uh, Emily, for sharing those uh, thoughts with us. Um, kind of to piggyback on Aaron's, or sorry, Emily's talk about being colorblind, um, it can be seen both ways. One, um, if you actually think about what colorblind is, um, it's seeing colors as not the proper colors. Like some people, depending on their level of colorblindness, like pink is actually orange and blue is actually black. and um, so that's kind of what students see is they see a color, but they don't actually see the person within. And so that's one spot where um, they got to be able to break past that exterior feature and go further in. But also maybe they're not even seeing the person for what mm -hmm. they are as a person. Yeah. Um, and being able to uh, understand like, okay, yes, you're Indian, you're uh, Native American, uh, what, what specific features do you have? But tell me more about you as a person because their beliefs may be different as far as religion, but their core values may be similar um, to yours and you can actually learn more about them that way. And this takes a while, um, a while for students to understand. So this is where the teachers need to jump in and we need to be working we working on this, like having these type of exercises maybe every morning so they can already get used to conversating and talking about these type of things. Um, so now the second video is, again, Erin and um, Emily talking about what should be our next step on adding um, this type of education into our everyday life in school. Once again, uh, thank you, Aaron and Emily, for uh, putting together that presentation. Thank you, Aaron, for uh, going over those with us. 
Um, one kind of thing I want to focus on as a teacher, um, we, we do need to uh, be able to prepare our students to go out into the world, like um, teaching them to actively challenge racism and other forms of injustice. Um, one way that really stuck to me was if you think about feminism, um, me personally, if I say feminism, I think of nude women running around having a riot. Um, when in reality, uh, feminism is just wanting equality, wanting equal rights, equal pay, equal being equal to a man across the board, um, just like any race, color, gender, um, ethnic background, it, it should all be equal. But we must teach students kind of how to address it properly and not um, scoop down to the lower level and kind of create help create the um, bad image that's portrayed by most people kind of how we see on social media um, there's cops that are bad there's cops that are doing good and helping um, just like when there's um, the riots uh, at the universities um, there, there's students that stand peacefully and just request and take a stand and just just stand mm -hmm. and kind of how Dr. King did it when it came to the civil rights movement they, they didn't back down. Yes, they were treated unfair, but I, they did get a point across by not being violent and not scooping down levels. So as teachers, we should also be able to teach them like, hey, there are proper ways to address different things. Um, if you don't feel something is right or if you feel the system isn't doing right by you, be able to stand up and, for yourself and address it. And, give them that sense of individualism of, hey, I'm taking a stand for something I believe in and this is what I think is right. So the understanding that a critical perspective is necessary, um, starting at a starting at an, at an early age, right, Ashley? Yes, uh, most definitely. And then that way they can, um, like we said previously, get that sense of uh, individualism, yes, there's your culture identity, but there's also your individual identity, mm -hmm. and it's kind of up to the, kind of up to you as the teacher to be a little backbone, a little support system to help them get through that, but also to give them kind of like the vitamins in the proper and, way. And it all starts in the younger grade levels. I mean, that's the foundation. They will grow up with what they learn in those ages. So if they learn race racism and being racist or i mean being racist at a young age then they're going to be racist going growing up but if they understand the 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 backside of racism and and, and how it hurts people then they're gonna stop that that chain that they were that they would have developed um okay so that is all for our episode oh wait no no to learn more about this topic, there's an, uh, an article online titled, Okay, I get it. Now tell me how to do it. Why we can't just tell you how to do critical multicultural education. And this is by Robin D'Angelo. Or you can continue to listen to the podcast. I mean, to the, yeah, to the podcast. And if you get a chance, apply to UTSA just to have a semester with Dr. Haddad. Okay, and that is all for this episode. Thanks for listening, and remember, if you want to support what we do, uh, then share, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you discovered our show. That's all for now, but I'll see you in the next episode of the Transformative Talk. Bye! Bye.